Welcome back to the world-famous GDP Go Deep the Podcast, where we share our opinions like we have a clue. You can find us on most forms of social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Thank you again for your support, and remember, always go deep. Oh, man, that sounds so good. I love it. Welcome back to the show, folks. I'm John Nothing Doe, and before we get this bad boy started, I just want to remind you about one thing. Folks, we want to do you a big, okay? We want you to go to www.smoothmyballs.com forward slash go deep. And we want you to get the Turf Chopper 2.0. I'm telling you, this baby will rip through anything except your skin. That's the important part, right? Nobody wants their, their beanbag nipped and chipped. You want to keep it nice and clean. Nobody likes that mobile dental floss. And when you get to the checkout, I want you to put in the words, go deep. One word, no spaces, Okay. Save yourself that 15%. Your partner's going to thank you. You're going to thank us. And fuck the plumber. He's not going to like either one of us. (laughs) And also, folks, we have our gear at the Spring Store. You can still find it at teespring.com, but they are now called the Spring Store. You also have a link in my Twitter account or the main account. And basically from there, you can find hoodies, T-shirts, face masks, uh, and like, the, the shirt I always wear when I'm recording, I'm breaking balls. The one where uh, a wise man uh, once told me. I don't need to tell you the rest because obviously you probably know. With that being said, on today's show, we have a very special guest. One that hasn't been on here far too long. And this is his segment. So it's about damn time he's on here. The one, the only, Motorsports Mofo. How are you, buddy? Talk about a windbag, huh, ladies and gentlemen. We got... Uh... John Doe here. Good Lord, I thought that's fairly good. Get a word with this guy on here. <laughs> Welcome back. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's been a while. Um, to my followers and supporters, uh, you're well aware I've been uh, working quite a bit there to uh, pay for all the uh, cool stuff going on there on the S10, and uh, we are going to be getting there. Uh, just waiting on a few parts to come in from the machine shop, and uh, finally got the heads back, got the model checked out. Uh, it just, you know, I'm telling you, like this whole COVID thing is just, it, it's interesting, John, and I know we've talked about, but just the, the supply chains and you're, you're waiting on parts. And, um, I, you know, I, I joke with the guys and girls I talk to online about, you know, if you order your parts now, you might get them by next Christmas. But I literally waited uh, four weeks for some ARP studs. And it was by the, uh, the grace of someone that I was able even to get my ARP studs. Um, you know, from talking to people I, I know at the shop, like they were saying, like ARP in this case, um, didn't have raw material to even make some of their, their components. And you talk to other manufacturers and they don't have this or that they're waiting for. And it's just, it's, uh, it's been crazy. But folks, I do appreciate, uh, of course, all the continued support. And uh, I am back. And uh, yeah, it's been, uh, just been busy and been working and uh, doing a whole bunch of uh, cool and fun stuff. But uh, I'm ready to jump back into this thing. It's about damn time. So while we're talking about jumping into it, Mofo, Denny Hamlin, what did you think about what happened there? I feel like, I feel like, now, now John, I'm sure that every sport is going to have this. And now, I, I say I feel like, I definitely know. Now, I know, John, you're more of a hockey guy, not so much into the race car stuff, but every, every team is going to have a player if you will, where, or even the, the team as a whole, I mean, God, like everyone knows our Toronto Maple Leafs haven't uh, won the cup since baby Jesus was in diapers. Oh, fuck. Here but, we go. Uh, 
Oh, I know. I'm, I'm just saying the highlight where I'm going with this. I feel like Denny Hamlin is what a lot of people that have watched NASCAR forever would call the modern day Mark Martin. And that is, of course, with full respect and not any means of a jab against uh, against Mark Martin. I just mean Mark Martin, you know, very competitive throughout his career, a number of wins, a number of, you know, very successful, you know, uh, opportunities to, to maybe get that championship. Just when he'd be running up against Jeff Gordon and, and when Roche uh, was really at their peak. But, you know, Denny Hamlin is, is, in my opinion, of course, has, it's just really, it's, it, it feels like this is a modern day Mark Martin, someone that has come so close numerous times, has the talent. It's hard to argue that Denny doesn't have the talent. And, you know, I don't know who you would compare John to in, in hockey or in baseball, but inevitably every sport is going to have a player or a team that, well, I can't even say the least because, I mean, Lord knows they don't make it past the first round. But for every other team in the NHL that makes it, you know, we, we've all seen it where it's like they get close, they get close, but they just can't quite clinch it. And, um, you know, so unless you've been living under a, a rock or been somewhere that, you know, other than your social media or a TV or what have you, um, NASCAR there, we, we celebrated and, uh, you know, We've got Kyle Larson uh, taking a championship, and I don't think anyone is surprised there. Great racing. Um, you know, 10 wins on the season. Phenomenal. Phenomenal season. And you think of how tight the competition is. But then you've Denny Hamlin, you know, just, again, just misses it. Martin Truex Jr. finishing second. That, that's where I'm going to come back to in a second about the, my thoughts on the, the chase. Okay. And, um, but... Denny Hamlin, you know, at the last few weeks, he has been, I'm sure it's been an emotional roller coaster for Denny. Um, anyone that saw what happened there in Martinsville, and again, I've all, when I have talked to Martinsville, if you have not been to the track, folks, and you are a NASCAR race fan, or you just even enjoy short track racing, you've got to check out Martinsville, uh, Virginia, phenomenal racing. But to the point is, um, Denny Hamlin, you know, depending on which side of the fence you fall on, and this is, you know, any sport, um, the, um, the, the, the umpire is the, the greatest umpire if the ball uh, is called, you know, or if the guy's called safe or falls out or what have you, whatever. You. Well, embracing, you know, what, what what works for some, you know, won't work for others and vice versa. And when I've, I've watched the, the replay numerous times now, and do I think that Alex Bowman could have maybe – um, race Denny a little cleaner there at the end? Yes. Yes, it is. But have I seen drivers race that like much cleaner? And I think of like, you know, the, the Jimmy Johnson, Jeff Gordon bout at Martinsville. That being said, though, if anyone's been around, like you often think back to the Dale Earnhardt senior days where you think of like Bristol, I think, what was it, 95 and 98? I believe it was Terry Labonte, Ricky Bradley. Like there, there were some times that like, Dale really put the bumper to these guys and, you know, gave them the old bump and run. Right. Yeah. And I'm not saying that that's what Alex did in Martinsville, but I think like Denny found himself a number of times in this chase, um, interactions, you know, with Chase Elliott, with, you know, with, uh, Alex Bowman. And I think it really highlights that he still has the fight and the, the, you know, what it takes to 
compete at the top level, but he just couldn't quite seal the deal. Um, so I think Benny had all right to be upset. I really do. But on the other hand, if you were Denny Hamlin in Alex's position, I'm sure that you would have moved Alex Bowman out of the way. So again, that's where I come back to. It all, it all depends on what side of the fence that you fall on for how you as a race fan, you, your driver and wanted to win or didn't win. Um, but no, you know what? I, I think Denny Hamlin, where, where I lie with that whole thing is I, I respect him as a race car driver because I recognize how, how difficult the competition is to beat. These drivers, you have to understand, they go out there week in, week out, and they make it look easy, but it's, it, it's not that easy. They, like, there, there's a lot that goes into all this. 100%. So, you know, but I, I think, like, Denny Hamlin, you know, I, I, I do believe that, you know, he still is going to have opportunities to run, continue to run for a championship. But I also do feel that those days are starting to dwindle. And I say that just based upon um, numbers, just based on age. You know, I mean, it, there's a lot of younger, a lot of younger guys that are, are coming into uh, the sport. And, you know, these races don't get any easier to win, right? But, you know, that's my take. Um, shout out to Kyle Larson. You know, I, and we've talked to Kyle a couple of times. I have to say, you know, I'm really pleased to see the way that Kyle Larson has rebranded himself. I think he's done a phenomenal job there. It's good to see the sponsors coming back. And I think like a lot of us, and I'm speaking at least for myself, but like once I've had some time to stand back and reflect on the situation and just look at, you know, from a a better bird's eye view, you know, I'm glad I sort of stood back and and just have given him the opportunity to, to, you know, to become a fan again, if you will, of the the new branded Kyle Larson, if you will. Well, yeah, because you were ready to start th- whipping his shit at the wall and uh, melting it down and making gold or making. Uh, yeah, you, you know the thing it. is, is like I, I've I've never made um, I've never minced words when it comes to how I feel about drivers. Um, when it when it comes to just you talk to me post race about any drive, and you know, and I can give you all sorts of an opinion. Well, come Monday afternoon, it's a totally different, you know, mindset. And I can think of, I, I, I specifically remember um, Brad Kozlowski wrecking uh, Gordon there in Texas I think years ago, like 2014 or something. Or, and I remember I was ready to go take my Brad Kozlowski stuff off the wall and chuck it in the garage. My wife at the time, like, she stopped me. She's like, this is not happening. I was so mad, though, at Brad. Fast forward, though, like a year or two later, a few weeks even, probably. Oh, well, hard race, and it happens. And, and now, like, I, I don't, and I've talked to Brad a number of times since, like, at fan appearances or when I've been able to cross the board of the track. And, um, you know, I, I laugh at myself, but, like, that's the type of fan I am. That's what racing incites in me, as it does in, in many people. Never mind if you're the one racing, right? Yeah, definitely. But um, in, in terms of Kyle Larson, no, like, I, I definitely... Um, I, I've stepped off the, I stepped off back off the ledge, thankfully, and I'm able to, um, you know, watch it from a more objective view and recognize, okay, you know, we all make mistakes, we all go forward, but like I say, I want to focus on the positives. First championship there in the NASCAR Cup Series level, uh, well deserved, well fought out. You know, he fought. He, he would have a very stiff competition at times. Um, that being said, though, you know, he also seemed to have a dominant car, like, throughout a number of events, but there were times where 
uh, really came from behind or really the battle back perseverance. So good for him. And I think I could see Kyle Larson becoming a repeat champion. You know, a lot of people don't talk about all like the, the world of outlaw sprint car races that he participates in. Now those that are in the industry are very well aware. I'm saying the average you know person may not be aware that how much this kid is actually racing and how much talent he possesses. Right. Yeah. So, quite a treat I think when you get to watch someone like him dare I say for people in the hockey world this is I would compare Kyle Larson to a Connor McDavid oh shit some, some, some might say that a mofo that's a little bit extreme but here's where I'm coming from you watch Connor McDavid especially the other day where I watched the replay of him skate around the New York Rangers you know you watch Kyle Larson you know he, he can jump in Numerous sanctioning bodies when he's run for Ganassi in like endurance car racing and then come back over to NASCAR and run a big heavy cup series car and then jump back down to a world of world of outlaw sprint car and he can dominate and win it at, you know, in any capacity. And I mean, at a certain point you have to recognize that the raw talent that is clearly there, but the natural talent, much like I say, Connor McDavid, right? So yeah, really, really good to see, like I say, Kyle solidify that thing. I talked to a couple of people actually on Instagram. And folks, this is something just to think about. Hashtag now, Donna. <laughs> so I didn't hear from Donna on this one, but, um, I, you know, and this is where I'm, I'm going to segue a couple things in a second here, folks. So stay with me. The, staying with you. <laughs> I, well, I'm glad you're staying with me, Don. <laughs> but no, the, uh, like, with, in pertaining to Larson. With, with everything he's done, I think it also highlights just that look how much success he has had with Hendricks Motorsports. Ten wins on the season is huge in modern-day NASCAR. But when you look when he was running with Ganassi, you know, he'd have a couple wins. But in terms of the speed, I want fans to think about it. And, you know, as, and I'll, I'll take the mail one way or the other like on what your thoughts are. But you have to think, like, how far back was Ganassi in terms of the competitive edge? Were they really that far behind even being what was deemed, quote-unquote, like a satellite team of Hendrick or an affiliation as they were both running, you know, Chevrolet Power, Chevrolet Chassis and such? Or is this just that Chevrolet, and in this case Hendrick Motorsports, has really found their edge with this body and that that's what propelled them to go forward? It's just interesting food for thought, and we're, and you know you think of you, you put a player from a you know a hockey team, and uh, maybe, maybe they're, they're not doing so well playing under that coach, but then you give them a new team, new environment, new sort of fresh set of uh, you know players on the ice or what have you, and all of a sudden then these guys are you know just lighting it up, putting the puck in the net every time they get it. Well, now, like I say, you fast forward here with Larson, it just makes a question: like, was this was was this a, a long overdue championship? Had he been able to come to Hendrick Motorsports sooner, would we have seen him in a championship contention to this degree sooner than when he was at Canasti? But interesting. And and with that, folks, I want to segue. Um, so next season, there, like we're, we're saying goodbye to the current setups, and we're going to this next gen chassis, uh, single bolt lug nuts the wheels on, spec body, spec engine. Um, 
don't know how y'all feel about that. John, I don't know how you feel about that. And I'd say it in the, to put it in perspective for you, imagine every baseball player has to use the um, exact same batting glove, same, you know, ball glove or uh, baseball bat, same length hockey stick, same brand of skates, et cetera, et cetera, right? How do you feel about that as a fan? I'm like, where, where do you stand on that, John? Well, I mean, if you were to ask... Uh... Miss Doe, I'm sure she'd tell you she doesn't mind using the same baseball bat if you get my hint. I, uh, you know, when it comes to cars, I don't think you can really use the same car. You know what I mean? If that makes any sense, because, I mean, you can go so, only so hard and eventually it's going to die. So, I don't know. I don't I don't know how I feel about using the same vehicle. I guess you could still use the same frame. but So, so every, every race, like every race, just to be clear, every race, it will be a different chat. But what I'm saying is that they're, they're, they're getting they're getting the chassis from one manufacturer. One manufacturer is now producing all the chassis for all the teams. Well, I think so we covered prior, it once before that, you know, that's just something that makes it more equal along the playing field, I guess. And, right? it, and it does. And I, and I think from that aspect, I think it definitely does. I, I definitely think it does make it more interesting. And it does make it more equal in a level playing field to where we are going to see who is the best drivers come out of this. And I think anyone that watched, and I know John and I numerous times discussed the SRX series, the superstar racing experience um, by Ray Evernham and Tony Stewart. And you would have these drivers um, all very talented within their own right um, from their various sanctioning bodies that they had competed in professionally. And they were coming in and stepping in the spec chassis, spec cars. And it, it did make it interesting from race to race is how each person would run and, and things like that. So, I mean, in some capacities, I can see it working. But the thing is, is when you look at the uh, volume of attention that is put into these cars and the massaging on the bodies and the finesse with the chassis, just getting everything just so, that's where I think it's a lot of art and craftsmanship. Now, just to be clear, the teams will be able to, to, you know, assemble and put their final touches on things. But I maintain it. Like, you know what? I do, I'm going to miss watching the, the cars that, you know, say a Hendrick or a Gibbs brought to the track to, to compete against each other. Just because I think that's the way it's always been. It's always been one team versus another who can engineer the best car and bring forth the ideas and so on and so forth like that. But, you know, nothing stays the same, and Not John finally lost his hair, and now it's <laughs> you know now it's a new dawn, and we're going forward, right? So, listen, I'm not I, the only one that's losing my hair. I'm sure if you talk to the uh, Alan Smith there, or Alan Smithy rather, he he's he's probably been losing his hair for a lot longer than I have. Alan Smithy talks a lot about about nothing. I mean, anyone that listens to Alan Smithy clearly knows that a Jeep is not a real truck. Oh shit! <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm sure he's going to enjoy that slap when uh, he gets an opportunity to listen. Uh, you know, there, there's. I have to ask you something there. So the other day, I sent you something. And I know it really upset Don't you. Don't say it, John. John, you know I. God damn you! <laughs> I'm gonna say it. Gonna I know say where it. this is going. And I, I know, know where this. I know. Alan folks, Smith. turn your radio off. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. If you, if you love your life, you won't do it. Hashtag Donna. Just throwing it out there. No. Uh, so the other day I sent you a video on Instagram of a Model 3 Tesla smoking a well-to-do Corvette. What are your thoughts on that? Fuck Tesla. 
<laughs> you know, here's the thing. I, and I was watching a buddy of mine sent me a video. Um, it was the, the, the last uh, V8 powered six shift Cadillac going to be produced. Um, it was like 750i BMW or something. And the uh, Tesla. I have to look at the video. He briefly sent it to me. I, I scrolled through for 30 seconds, saw there was a Tesla in there, and was like, okay, done with this. Anytime I see a Tesla now in a video again, you know, it'll say LS9 powered Corvette or, uh, uh, you know, versus this and that. You always end up seeing the goddamn Tesla rip the other car a new one. So let and me I ask you, want, though, let me, let me interrupt you. Why does it bother you when a Tesla slaps a high powered car? Well, and I'm, I'm coming back to it. Okay. I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm just stick with me here now. Now that you've like got the, the bandage off the wound, <laughs> but let me go with it. I just watched on, I believe it was 1320 video. Uh, they put out some great content. So if you do get the opportunity, guys and girls, uh, check over uh, 1320 video on their Instagram or uh, YouTube, whatever. But really good street racing and uh, drag racing content and so on and so forth like that. They were showing, I was seeing a video of a Tesla, the first Tesla to go into the eight, eight seconds. So if you're not familiar with racing or you're not in the racing, um, you know, sort of world, eight, what's eight seconds? Well, that's about how long John will last. But um, only no. with your old lady. Well, so basically, you know, you have to think like eight seconds in the quarter mile, you are moving. Right, you're, you're moving, for, especially for a street vehicle, right? Definitely. You know, um, speaking for myself, you know, my my S10 is a, a low 10 second street truck, and to imagine it going eight would be, I, I don't ever see. It. I see maybe my nines at, at, at best, and and that's it. So my thing with the Tesla is, is that now, obviously, there's things that you can do to them in terms of lightening them up. There's guys that are on the the you know, out running these things on the tracks and that, and they'll take out some of the interior and they'll do this and that to help lighten it up. And, you know, there, there's going to become more and more things that will come to people's disposal to where they can turn these electric motors up, uh, more voltage and such. But the thing, the thing I have a problem with is Tesla is I feel like it's too effortless. I feel like you literally, as long as you can write a check or finance it, you can walk in. Yep, I'll take one of those. Thank you. And you go out to, in our case, or like the video, we go and you run this guy in an LS9 powered Corvette. Very fast car in its own right. You know, and that means I can understand the person that would say, yeah, but, you know, my grandfather can go buy a brand new Corvette and he can easily, you know, afford this. And, you know, any old white guy or, you know, crotchy old person can go buy their high powered river car and, um, you know, they can be balling too. Yeah, but I mean, there's a whole bunch of, like myself, like a younger person that, you know, I've spent a lot of time wrenching on my vehicle to get it to go as fast as it does and to get to do what it does. And that's what aggravates me about a Tesla is that. You can just people come along, they buy a Tesla off the showroom floor, and boom, there they go. They're they're off. They're they're racing, and they are like making a mess of cars that at one point used to be like the the top level, right? And I think ultimately, as a car guy, with big that be the most about John is that 
when you think about like the muscle cars, yes, they were fast in their day, but they, they unseated, you know, cars that were faster previously in their day, but they were beating them by, you know, every year it was like, oh, they're, they're beating the, the last year's model or the year before that model by, you know, uh, a nose or a, a fender. And then it eventually got from a fender, you know, five or 10 years later in terms of the development that you'd be beating. Like, and what I mean is like, if you were to run um, a, a Dodge Hellcat now, Challenger Hellcat now versus a 70 Challenger, you're going to see it, it get spanked by at least a couple car lengths realistically. And that's even with the 70 Challenger having a Hemi. That's just the simple realities of it, folks. Don't hate on me. But if you were to run like a, a 70 Challenger versus a 71 or a 72 and see the differences, it would be nominal. But I think a lot of the people are having the problem is, is that you can go out and say buy um, a 2019 Corvette or a 2020 Corvette, right? Yeah. Top model. You can even buy hell, the new C8. And then you get some person that doesn't even give two shits about cars. You got Gretchen that goes out and buys a Tesla to make you feel bad about your gas-powered Corvette that you just bought. But then it's even worse. She's going to spank your ass all over the track in that quarter mile. I think that's where, for a lot of guys, it's like that fuck off, just, you know, get out of here type mentality. On a long enough timeline, do I see electric cars, you know, there will become a sanctioning body within drag racing or um, a series, I should say, or, or what have you, like a class. There we are. But a class where to. electric. They'll have Pardon to. Me? I said they'll have to. Like, I mean, there's no choice. It's going, it's going to come, John. It's a matter of time. I don't need to like it right now. I do respect it. I know GM is working on their electric car program for, for drag racing. I mean, Ford, we've already seen Ford has um, doing that. I know we've talked about that, but like yep, their drag yeah, racing class, like it's going to come. The, the thing is, is like I've heard numerous car guys talk about the the sound that, oh, you, you don't have the, the cam stumble or the sound of the, the blower uh, or the turbos, the whine that it creates. And having that sound come from a speaker just isn't the same as hearing it and, and knowing it, it. I don't know. I don't know how else to say it, but it's just, it's an organic feeling. When you, when you are sitting there at a stoplight, you just, you hear it, you feel the car sort of sputtering and shaking around that thing. It's a certain feel. Just as a car guy, it's just, I got it. Smile. I got it. Yeah. It's like the sound of when you walk in and I'm giving it to your old lady and you think it's you, but it's really me. Yeah, and I'm like, hey, sorry, don't, don't mind me. I just uh, I just came to get the popcorn. I'm leaving, though. Yeah, thanks yeah, for that, John, like that. for filling in the gap, no pun intended. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's what you're there for. But, no, the, you know, good video. I just, I think if you ask a lot of car guys, you ask them about, hey, what do you think about a Tesla racing this? And it's instantly going to be, yeah, what, you know what, I compare it to, um, you look at, I like watching vintage drag racing gassers and, and vintage um, other vintage classes of drag racing. And yes, they are now going slower than what the most modern day various classes are going, even some of the most slowest modern day classes. But you have to appreciate what that car was in its time. I don't think right? nobody's not appreciating what those cars were. I think we're just we're, we're excited that we can actually buy a car that's like $60,000. I can 
smoke a car that could come anywhere in the neighborhood of like a hundred thousand plus. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, I think the thing like, you know, from a gas power standpoint, you can spend 10,000 on an engine faster than you can blink. And you can easily go out though and buy an electric powered car and, and spank that gas powered car all over the road. And that's the frustrating point is just how, I think how seamless or easy it type thing it's come. But, you know, on a long enough timeline, will I be all right with the electric powered cars in some capacity? Maybe. But I, I, I think it's a bigger conversation, frankly. I mean, we are going to have to talk about it um, on another show, but I'm curious, just food for thought. Where does uh, Turbonetics, where does Pro Charger Superchargers, where does Nitrous Express or World Engine Blocks, Edelbrock, where do all these companies see themselves in 20 years? What is your 20-year plan? I think you'd ask them 30 years ago, they're gonna. They would say something about, well, you know, we are gonna continue to push the envelope on our products to making sure that we develop the best product that's there for the consumer and some other corporate mumbo jumbo. And I don't mean that they don't believe in what they do, but I'm saying in the sense of, obviously, everyone is trying to constantly improve your product to make it the best that it could possibly be. But when the writing is so on the wall that. The industry is changing. I'm not talking about going from carburetors to fuel injection. I'm talking about literally going from fossil fuels into electric cars. How did some of these companies pivot? How do they how do they adjust from going from, like I said, world engine blocks where you know or RHS we don't even need engine blocks anymore because we don't use an engine. It's great for trunk space. <laughs> no, and, and no, but that's what I'm saying. So I mean, again. That bears for like you know, folks. We are gonna we're gonna have to have a podcast that we are gonna talk about that. Um, but just again, let that sink in. Let that let that sink in as you're watching your next YouTube video. Um, you know, you look at what's going on right now with the EPA in the state, and I, I think Jack just had to settle for a three hundred thousand dollar lawsuit. I was reading, right? So something to think about, and I think that's where a lot of guys that are purist in terms of into the gasoline, fossil fuel cars get upset when they watch a Tesla video now, racing a, you name it. But don't kid yourself, you know, Porsche and, and Audi, all these companies are working on their own electric car. So I think the next war, if you will, on the street is going to come down to Tesla running an electric Porsche. Tesla running an electric Camaro. Now, that being said, don't hate I mean, I know the Camaro is supposed to be canceled after 23. Listen, but, okay. I, think, I think the real war is going to come into who has the best auto driver, lane assist, or any, Oh, and trust that me, that, that there is going to come too because, like, you know, you're already seeing it, right? You're already seeing all this tech is being wheeled in. And frankly, like, it's at a point where if you don't have some of this tech in there that some people might, Go quite literally wrap their Tesla into a pole because they're not accepting. They're not quite expecting the rapid acceleration, right? So, Definitely. You know, like the, the tech and everything being incorporated in cars again is a whole other conversation in itself. It really, really is. But you know, where, where things are going to go? I mean, is is anyone's death? But I, I, I sincerely wonder what the meetings are in some of these big aftermarket you know i know like we just had um 
Oh, uh, uh, SEMA. We just had the SEMA show there going down. And the PRI show is going to be coming up soon now. And I'm curious to know, like I say, like they always have like the bigger and badder blowers, bigger and badder, you know, engine setups and combinations. And it's all fun to dream. But I would like to know, like, what, the, you know, what is the plan in the next five, ten years? What, what, where do they think they're going to, you know, go, especially with so much of the thing going electric? But I sincerely hope that the government do allow fossil fuel engines for the racetrack to allow various classes and such to exist because I think there's so much engineering and there's so much there's something to be said about building and working on and maintaining something mechanical definitely you know but again like that's it that's going to be for another day folks Um, John's hair is definitely not regrowing no matter how long I talk but (laughs) nope my facial hair is uh, not my uh, my head hair (laughs) <laughs> well, no, and that's why you always skip over to smoothmyballs.com, chance to save 15% off. Yes. And uh, John also uses his on his head because it just makes sense. This is true. Uh, once again, uh, Motorsports Mofo, it's always a pleasure to have you on, no matter how short-sighted you are. <laughs> I make up for it in other ways, John. Well, it isn't um, anything below the belt, that's for sure. Folks, once again, don't forget about Smooth My Balls. Go to www.smoothmyballs.com forward slash go deep and get yourself the, the Turf Trimmer 2.0. This company doesn't need the flashy women and it doesn't need to sell you a pair of boxes to show you how well their product works. I'm telling you, it works well. Uh, your partner's going to thank you. You're going to thank us. And fuck the plumber. He's going to charge you too much anyways. Uh, you know what, I just want to say the plumber needs to work. <laughs> Everyone's uh, been able to work from COVID. The plumber will probably take the work picking out your little piece. Oh, I'm, I'm saying he will take the work. He's just going to charge you a lot to do it. That's all I'm saying. I'm just pointing <laughs> out an obvious. Nobody wants to deal with anybody's shit, quote unquote, right? Uh, I just remember everyone uh, that Brad Kozlowski did say no one likes a dirty bush. <laughs> yeah, this is true. They should be the new the new sponsor for Smooth My Balls. And we still have our gear on the spring shop. Uh, folks, you can find that all on the Go Deep podcast Twitter account. Simply go on Twitter, look for at GDP3719996. I know that's a mouthful, but we have that up there for you, and we're pretty easy to search up. On Google, uh, this has been another uh, raw gas uh, experience with yours truly and Motorsports Mofo. Thank you once again there, Mofo. Always, and thank you again, everyone, for uh, welcoming me back. I know it's been a while. I'm going to try and make uh, a little bit more time to get on here more regularly. Like I say, uh, for anyone that's been following, just been working a lot and uh, trying to get uh, the Black Widow back up and running uh, before this season's over. Uh, have to put it away. But as always, we appreciate you. Thank you for following us. And remember to uh, always continually go deep. Always go deep. Welcome back to the world-famous GDP Go Deep, the podcast, where we share our opinions like we have a clue. You can find us on most forms of social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Thank you again for your support, and remember, always go deep.